Hello and welcome to Cinemarathon, the movie marathons podcast where we watch a series of movies all in one day and discuss them afterwards. My name is Matthew and I'm joined today by Amanda. Well, hello there. Richard. Hey, bub. And Josh. You're not John. That is true. Uh, I am not John. Actually, I'm now going to be taking over Cinemarathon for a while uh, in his place because John is starting a family and apparently... Baby time. Baby time does not allow for nerdy podcast time, especially <laughs> considering how long our nerdy podcast takes. <laughs> so congratulations to John. Yeah. And Sujata. And, and Sujata. Uh, she's, I guess, a part of this too. <laughs> and uh, She was there. <laughs> she's only making the thing. Yeah. Turning food um, into thing, a baby. I mean, adorable baby. Girl. Yeah. So congratulations to John and Sujata, and we hope that someday John will be able to rejoin us on the podcast. So this time, we watched all of the films in the X-Men franchise. Which actually does not hold up overall like I thought it would. Nope. Probably would be better if they had fucking costumes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they had, but they had like jumpsuits like leather all the same they're like leather this is really boring to look at yeah just really you know i blame as you'll see in most of the discussion of this podcast that i really do blame brian singer for most all of the problems with the series although at time has told that you can't have people wearing the the the, the suits that they wear in the comics nobody's gonna want to watch that stuff yeah because all of those flight suits in x-men first class look like shit you you know what the 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 suits look like they look like the suits from tron with the lights off (laughs) (laughs) who wants the suits from trons with the lights (laughs) yeah at least put some lights on there the costume designer like pitching that like okay you like picture tron and everyone's like yeah that's great turn them off what? The, the thing that makes them cool? Yeah, just take that out. Take that out. Yeah, no one cares about that at all. <laughs> make them boring. Just make yeah. it look like they're they're in a biker gang. Yeah, I really wish all comic books were in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Primary colors fuck, are the worst. Fuck those graphic novels and shit. <laughs> Getting crazy. Well, that being said, I'd say let's just hop into the first movie, X-Men, uh, directed by Brian Singer in 2000. X-Men is a very important movie as far as comic book movies are concerned. And, uh, you know, I remember when I first went to go see it that it felt new. It felt different and important at the time. Although I don't really remember other than the the actual line in X-Men 1 where Wolverine comments on all of their costumes. It was like, oh, would you rather some like leotards or whatever? But Cyclops says it's a word. Or Cyclops. He says, would you rather have like a blue and yellow jumpsuit or something like that? Yeah. And I remember being in the theater. I remember being in the theater and that line coming in and just being like. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have that. That's, <laughs> much, I, I think much I did rather. too, yeah. <laughs> I had no problem with the concept of them being in their actual suits, but at the time, I guess, it being a movie where comic books weren't as popular as they are today, I guess I understand why they toned it down a bit and it brought and it reached a wider audience, but I think it was a bad decision. Yeah, I suppose I, it, was a, it was a spoonful of very bland and boring sugar. Well, and that's what happens when anything goes mainstream. It's like everything interesting about them, they have to milk toast it to give it out to the general populace, which is really sad. And that's what happened with this movie, too. It's like it was a very safe storyline. Not much happened. You were impressed because you love all those actors. I mean, as soon as I heard Patrick Stewart, I was like, yes, like I'm in. 
Well, he is the professor person X. born yeah. to play Professor. Exactly, X. and, and um, Ian McKellen, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Ian McKellen. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I loved it, but I thought he was fine. I mean, he kind of looks. He seems a lot older than Patrick Stewart, and aren't they the same age? Which is like really funny. Yeah, I just always thought he would be like more athletically inclined. Magneto. Yeah. Yeah. I so can see I, that. I mean, I, I, he does a fine job with with this with the stories having yeah. to do because he doesn't really punch people or anything. He just does magnetic stuff, so he doesn't have to be physically capable. Yeah. But like, he's always a very powerful looking person, and Ian McKellen doesn't quite give that vibe off. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. I always thought he was kind of like more reserved, you know, and stoic as a character, Magneto. Um, just that, not in the animated series, but in general, the idea of him because he could he was so powerful that his Fra- like the juxtaposition of his like fragile body versus what he is capable of like i don't know i really like that as far as magneto is concerned yeah. yeah yeah i ended up actually really liking ian mckellen in the role and i was sort of with josh like all the comic books that i grew up with and as he's always been drawn really for the most part is this like really fit older dude like he's graying he's like a silver fox mm-hmm. and anderson cooper <laughs> if you will yeah but uh but he, i yeah i never imagined him being as old as he was represented in this franchise like if he wasn't a mutant he would be out in a cabin like living the life as a 50 year old dude like cutting wood and like keeping in shape and stuff right it's like yeah wolverine a little bit older yeah, yeah, I mean, and he, like, I don't know why I said that because it's not like his personality, but like, he's, I don't know, he's just kind of, he, he had like a Clint Eastwood, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of like sure. getting older but still in good shape. This is pre Bridges of Madison County. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything is. <laughs> well, with with the plot line that they came up for the movie, he was age appropriate. Yeah. Like, I mean, because of the Holocaust. Yeah. So it's like, if he was going to be, if he was a teenager then, then he would be an older man now in early 2000s. And now was the Holocaust intro to this film, was that actually anything from the comic books or was that completely engineered for this universe? I couldn't tell you for sure. Well, as far as taking liberties with the franchise, I I think the Ian McKellen casting is the least of our worries. Well, and also they totally fixed that shit with uh, Fassbender later. Yeah. Fassbender is just a fucking perfect Magneto. Yeah, yeah. We will definitely get to him because he is obviously one of the highlights of the series in general. Um, but I'd like to start off too with talking about the intro, the CG intro that was like Fight Club style. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looked like the Fox Interactive DVD <laughs> man like <laughs> promo, new on Blu-ray, yeah. like <laughs> Big Mama's House, X Men, <laughs> Stomp the Yard. Yes, please, all of those. Yeah, it just I don't know for a franchise that ended up being really in like in hindsight and with age did not do well in my mind. That was like a perfect first frame of like what this franchise was. It was like, oh, new and cutting edge and feels cool. And today it just does not feel cool at all. But it still felt, it still felt very 90s. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it didn't feel like it had as evolved as the, uh, uh, using a X-Men pun as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as evolved as the movie is for as far as comic book movie evolution. Like the, that opening title sequence and a lot of aspects of the movie are still very 90s. Yeah. Moving moving forward, but still kind of stuck. Um, but what I did like about the intro is that it set the precedent for the rest of the movies with the X door opening like close yeah slam shut in your face and then reopens for some reason yeah after Uh, it like twists halfway yeah and Mm -hmm. then like that introduces the movie and they they stuck with that through i think almost all of them i don't know if the wolverine movies did that yeah i I can't remember but i know like all the x-men including Mm -hmm. future past and first class had it yeah yeah for Mm -hmm. sure yeah it's it's a nice stylistic choice i think for me in concept it looks kind of 
dopey in the actual know. graphics. It's, but... just, it's just letting you know, hey, by the way, X-Men. <laughs> so it's just like the, the, the X the X in 20th Century Fox yeah. lingers for just a hair longer, longer than the rest. I, I was so good excited. Touch. It's a good touch. Yeah, nice. when I was in the theater, I was like, oh, because it's X-Men. <laughs> everybody. Just nudging everybody were. around him. Ah, it's doing it. Did, did you get it? Did you know, you know what we were here to see? <laughs> I don't think I've even noticed that, actually. No, I didn't. The only thing that I uh, recognized uh, in, like, the intro graphics for comic book movies that really, really stuck with me as being cool is actually the the intro frame for The Dark Knight, that weird blue fire mm, bat symbol. And that completely comes in, quiet. Yeah, it comes in completely silent. Like, yeah. that always really stuck with me. One, because I just didn't understand it. Like, why why is this happening? What's the point? And why is it silent? But it just really resonated with me more I, I than th- any comic book movie intro ever. I think it's brilliant that it's quiet. Yeah. Because it gets the audience quiet. Yeah. Because everyone's, like, waiting to hear what the first line of dialogue, and everyone has hush, rather than, like, the big thing saying X-Men and everyone's going, yeah, and cheering. It yeah. just, everyone just has like this moment of like, should we, should we, should, should I be, be cheering? <laughs> oh wait. What's happening? I, I need to pay attention to what's happening. It's very quiet. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it really did set a good precedent. Let's but, just talk about the Dark Knight for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Yeah. All I right. Think, X-Men sucks and Dark Knight. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it was a good attempt. The problem was, and I'll just dive into what I had the biggest issue with the first X-Men is it's really hard in X-Men because there are so many great characters and there's only so much screen time to give them the proper, you know, sort of... Uh, to showcase them. Yeah. yeah, to have their showcase. And I feel like they tr- shoved too many people in there and then made... The result was that most of them, if they weren't the main storyline, were super uninteresting. Um, Halle Berry was fucking terrible. Yeah. and. Storm is Fuck a you. rad character. Halle Berry was the greatest thing that ever. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, seriously though. No, it's, yeah, she's she awful. was so bad. And it, but also, you know, I don't actually blame Halle Berry as much. I feel like the director probably didn't give her much to do. So like, well, you're there. Well, what's my story? You're just there, you know, and like nothing. Well, and then yeah. What's great about Storm? What's really interesting about her is that she is born and raised in Africa and has a very different and, and cool, unique view on things. Whereas Halle Berry is really pretty. She's, she's, she's basically, she's just super American. Like yeah. there's nothing foreign yeah. about her at all. Yeah. You really felt like there was something exotic about storm in the cartoon. Oh, like, they did a great job with her. Yeah. She felt really special and important to the team. And in this, she was just this like nothing. Like should have been like Grace Jones back in like the view to a kill. Oh, days. Yeah. She would have been perfect. Yeah. And punk punk costume yes. would have been rad Mohawk and all. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think as far as characters are concerned, I think the biggest travesty though is uh, is Rogue. Rogue, yeah. They really as she's, I guess, if you don't know anything about the comics or cartoon or care about the franchise in general, she's a <laughs> fairly appealing. Well, she because she's super sympathetic. Yeah, but as far as like caring what the character Rogue is, man, they really blew it. Yeah, it's weird. They took a a, a common trope that has been done a few times in the X Men comics and then applied it to Rogue, who's a, just for the sake of being able to incorporate her into like the end of the movie where like why Magneto would be interested in her. Yeah, yeah. But originally Kitty Pry was in the in the comics. She mm-hmm. was the one that like she's a she's a new kid and she gets taken to the X Men and like gets introduced to everybody and like they they had a cartoon back in the day like um, Pride of the X Men. Yeah, that yeah. the old arcade game is based off of. Yeah. That started off with her basically joining the X Men and like getting a tour of the mansion and she's your she's your touchstone yeah. as a human. Um 
And so they basically just did the same thing. Wolverine takes her on his wing and everything. But um, for some reason, they just decided to do that with Rogue and take away all her cool Captain Marvel stolen powers, which they could have just explained to something yeah. else in the movie. I mean, they, t- they I wouldn't the buy it, man. Person who could fly. I don't what. Yeah. yeah and super it. strong person who can fly. It sounds dumb. Yeah. And you, she's a girl. You know, you know how hard it is to make someone fly in a movie? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Except that like three other characters. Brian Singer movie. would never do that. He would never make someone fly in a movie. <laughs> I wish he didn't. Fuck, Superman is bad. <laughs> but yeah, as far as like, I think you hit the nail on the head, Amanda, with the fact that, you know, a movie and a story and a franchise that depends so much on a cast of characters versus a single lead that what happened was they knew Wolverine was the the go-to the people the character that people really like cared about and like latched onto in the comics and they just went with him and then just really did not put enough effort into the supporting cast yeah and the thing about that too that drives me nuts is that you know you so we're all pretty big fans of game of thrones it's like that show is all cast, it's all ensemble, and you care about mostly everyone. You know, the Game of Thrones thing, though, has the advantage, that show has the advantage of being 10 hours. You they, know what I mean? I think a more like applicable example would be Star Wars. Because sure. you get introduced, like, your touchstone is Luke Skywalker, but mm-hmm. you've got Han Solo, you've got Chewbacca, you've yeah. got um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you've got Darth Vader. Yeah. You've got all these yeah, different Yeah, any ensemble characters. cast that right. you care that, about. That is a that that does it much better. Where it's like you don't need to get all the information. You just need to know this guy is roguish. Yeah, he's not trustworthy, but he wants to help you out, and he'll do it for a price. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know that character. This guy is the person I'm supposed to relate to. That guy is the bad guy, and here's him doing a bad thing right immediately. That would have, I mean, and like that would have worked really well for X Men. Yeah, it was just sort of like I don't know. I guess overall the. The general plot line of this of X Men as a franchise is like human mutant relations. It's just been an allegory for civil rights, essentially, done in and the comics and the cartoon. I think fairly well. Like even though they're it's heavy handed, you still mm. care about care about it, and you know, like the politics of it don't become overwhelming. But uh, I I just think like as a franchise, the movies never really handled that in an emotional way that I connected to. Well, this movie, I I would say that maybe a little bit more later, but this movie, especially like they bring up the mutant registration act Mm -hmm. early on. Yeah. But that's, that's the last you hear of it. Yeah. Like that one scene in the beginning when, you know, uh, Charles and Magneto is like, I'll give you a hope, my friend, you know, it's like, that's the only time they talk about the mutant registration act. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, like, the rest of the movie, you're not even really thinking about it. You're not really concerned. Like, oh, yeah, why they're fighting back because of this. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the plot of the movie is so muddled with this machine that somehow got built that maybe does something to people to turn them into something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, just, it's just a lot of, like, things that might do this to that. Just watch it. It's a bad thing. This well, is, this, what is the ultimate goal of that machine? It's to I, like give them mount powers or take it, away it's powers. To turn people, it's, it's to it's mutate to make, people. Be, yeah, make, to make people mutants. Make people mutants. Like it did to that senator. But but okay. it but I it hate, didn't work. Well, it kind of did. It's weird. It's really frustrating because like there's this open ended ending where somebody says to Magneto, "The machine didn't work," or like you know, I saw what happened and he's dead, and he goes like. Are you sure you saw what you thought? What you think you saw? Which is like such a weird open-ended thing that is never addressed again. Yeah, obviously there wasn't a lot of like through lines continuity. Nothing mattered because he didn't make anything matter for the most part. But to talk about what was good about the movie, 
I obviously the introduction of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is huge. Like yeah. he did a great job. It started his career. It launched his career. That opening fight scene in the bar where mm-hmm. he's like um, fighting all those guys. The cage fight. Yeah. Cage, yeah. Awesome. I, like, you know, I really like that. I do like like that moment where the guy throws a punch at him and he just meets it with his hand and and like you just hear this like clink of like this so you can hear like the metal in his bones mm-hmm. and the guy's just like oh my hand like. It's a cool, fun way to introduce. Oh, it's wonderful! Yeah, I yeah. really loved it, and uh, and not I, as cool as the introduction of Sabretooth, my oh, friend. God, piece oh. of shit! That's the other casting. Sabretooth and Toad looked die, terrible. Die, all of you! They look terrible. They were crap. Um, but I did like Mystique a lot. I thought Rebecca yeah. Romaine was a great casting for her. Yeah, uh, her fight with Wolverine in this. Oh. Totally legit yeah. still. Pretty it, good. It was real good. In the um, uh, Statue of Liberty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Yeah, was I'd say cool. probably the highlight of the first movie for me. It's like the best action sequence of the first three movies, I think. Yeah. I think it's better than when Wolverine rages. Because, I mean, everybody likes the second movie when he like Wolverine rages out and starts stabbing people. But, like, that's all he's doing. Yeah. It's just that, there's, like, not a lot of choreography to it. It's just Wolverine being as awesome as he should be. Well, I feel it's like... It's one of the only real action sequences in any of the movies, like the whole franchise, where they really took into consideration what each person's strengths and weaknesses were in consideration of their powers. Like, what is Wolverine good at? What is Mystique good at? And they actually, like, you know, feels like those uh, those videos online where it's like epic rap battles in history or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like just taking something, breaking it down, figuring out what makes it tick, and then using it to the best of its ability. I love the moment where she she goes to block him. And he and he cuts off her fake claws. Oh she yeah, has that moment where she, she just goes, screams, ah! like because he's just carved off a chunk of her. Yeah, like, which they don't a really cool moment. It is a cool moment, although they don't really address yeah, when just, apparently it was just nothing important. It yeah. was inside her body, so it's a piece inside. <laughs> as far as uh, I'd say the final, even though the Wolverine Mystique fight in the end is quite good. Everything else about the end sequence, I just don't give a what shit about. What are you about. talking about, bro? Toad versus Storm. Dude. What this... happens to a Toad when it's struck by lightning? <laughs> it's I will just... fucking kill you, Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the special effects are terrible. Yeah. Like, they're just bad. dated beyond way, like, way bad, like, worse than they should have been. And, and how they built the machine inside the torch of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. It's so cheesy. Yeah, it's um, cornball. You know, there's one part that always kind of bugged me. Well, several parts, but even as a child, I was just I just couldn't wrap my head around this. There's a part where Sabretooth and Wolverine are fighting on the head of the Statue of Liberty, oh. and Wolver- and Sabretooth just chucks Wolverine off the off the side, but he like hooks his claws into one of the spikes on her crown mm-hmm. and just does like this weird 360 thing and lands <laughs> on top of it. It just doesn't make any goddamn yeah, sense. Yeah, it looks like, terrible. It looks really bad and like it is it is it is not a It looks like a Power physics. Rangers like yes. mm-hmm. it I mean Which no no not too much hate against Power Rangers because I love Mystic Force season twenty six. Well anybody who's worth anything loves Mystic but, Force. But like in this universe it just does not fit. It just didn't work at it's all. It's supposed to be this really cool looking, like, whoa, like matrixy kind of shot. Yeah. Previews. But, like, <laughs> I just remember going, I don't understand. I wish I understood, like, what, what just happened. That's not, that's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just bad. Just bad. I don't know. Overall, like, I actually didn't have fond memories of X1, even going into this marathon. My memories were always dedicated to X2, which we'll be getting into sh- shortly. 
But uh, overall, like it, this movie holds up worse than I even remembered. Yeah, it. absolutely. Honestly, I know it's like a benchmark for comic book movies because it brought it down to reality it's and an gritty. It's an important and, movie, but it's outdated. Yeah, like the Holocaust, I guess, gave it weight and love it, and you know whatever. But yeah. it just the story itself just does not mean anything to me, and I don't think I will honestly ever sit through it again. Well, the, that opening in the Holocaust is so powerful that it they redo it. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is a really, really good scene. We need to, to hit this home a little bit more. Well, there's lots more, inf- there's lots more interesting stuff to do in that period with that yeah. stuff, but they don't really, they just go like, yeah, so this is why Magneto is like wary of these things. Yeah. Which yeah. is honestly, is a really good setup for a movie, sure. but the rest of the movie just doesn't pay it off. And I guess I, I'll mention it now, but for me, just in general, I've always really hated the way Brian Singer's movies look. Like, something about his production design just does not vibe with me, or cinematographer, or whatever. But his movies have always felt to me like they were designed costume-wise and makeup-wise for, like, stage. Like, theatric, like, stage. Mm. Because it's, everything is just too perfect, a little too clean. It's almost super futuristic, like, Star Trek futuristic. Yeah. Like, it's it, like characters have been made up, like, to be in a fashion magazine. Mm. It's, it's not like they're actually out there, you know, rough and tumble, like, doing yeah. things. Like, everything's so like prissy and perfect i don't know just like picturesque yeah, yeah the, picturesque. their outfits have never seen any action exactly like there's no there's no like dings or marks on them to show oh yeah they've seen some shit yeah it's 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 just like oh we we we, we have a fresh pair that we wear every day yeah so that being said thank goodness for wolverine for yeah. that franchise yeah. and and patrick stewart and professor x that's really what yeah kept the audience's attention i think it's what kept me interested and honestly like reading the comics wolverine was never i liked wolverine like most kids do but he was never my favorite mm. but after these movies it's like yeah there's no other character in this series i would care about following so i'm glad he became the focus it's unfortunate that's the case because it shouldn't be that way yeah. no no way because yeah. you go back to x-men the animated series i mean like every person you're like what's their deal like you cared about yeah. them yeah. so much yeah absolutely so moving on to x2 What did you guys think about X2 on I'm so repeat sad. Viewing? It was weird how much it didn't matter. Yeah. It was so I bad. I, I, still, it. I still like it. Okay, Does, good. Okay, that's fine. I will totally accept that. But did you like it as much as you thought you did? Did, did I what? <laughs> like, did, did I you, like, like it as much as I thought I did? Do you watch it regularly? It's probably the X-Men movie that I've seen the most. Okay. Um, I, I, I feel the same about it watching X2 that I did when I first saw it in the theaters. Okay. I really, I really liked it. Now, granted when we're watching these movies, we're, we're all very talky. Uh, you know, we're, sure. we're, we're poking fun at things. We're making, we're making, we're making jokes. But when I saw that in the theater, I was, I was enthralled and, uh, those feelings were still there when I watched it again, even in the crowd. Cause like I said, I've, and I've, cause I've watched it on the side before, just yeah, popped yeah. it in. Um, yeah, so I, I still I still really like that. Obviously, it's flawed. All the X Men movies are f- f- pretty flawed, but except Origins, Wolverine, <laughs> perfect, perfect, <laughs> it's flawless. Um, uh, yeah, so I just feel like that this of those three movies, this is the most interesting uh, of the stories to me. Fair enough. Of Fair of enough. the of the three main X Men movies. Fair enough. I would say 
I don't know. It was just interesting going back to it in that I had such high memories of this movie. Like, I remember walking out of the theater. I was going to school in Boston at the time. A huge group of us went to the theater, left the theater, like, when the Phoenix underwater and the credits rolled. I just remember just, like, oh, my Godding out of the door. Like, it's coming, Phoenix. That movie was amazing. Oh, my God. And then, like, popping it in this time. Like, <laughs> even the Nightcrawler opening sequence was just, like, to me, just, hmm. Okay, that happened, but I just didn't give a shit. But maybe but, it's context no, too. Yeah, I think you should take into consideration that, like these, like just like I said, like we said with the first one, like these movies for their time were really cool. It's just the game, the ante has been up so much since then. But movies should last longer than ten years, like in being cool. Like honestly, like for me, like there's like Raiders of the Lost Ark is still cool. Like. Movies from the 40s are still cool. This movie just did not feel cool to well, me anymore. But it was cool to you once. What uh, what what changed? What, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm asking like what changed in you and 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 me too that made this like less exciting. You know, I guess as far as like because I guess the things that about this movie that really resonated, which was Nightcrawler kicking ass and you know Wolverine in the you know mansion. in the mansion slicing dudes, like it was an element of action and like events that I wanted to see these characters do in the first movie that I just didn't get. And so I guess like walking into it, it was like that euphoria of like, Oh my God, they're really stepping it up. I'm getting all of the action and cool things about what mutants can do on screen. And that was like very novel to me. And like, but having watched, I mean, it's partly a thing that action movies in since then have gotten really, really good, at least martial arts and like hand to hand combat stuff. And this just felt like, that adrenaline rush just wasn't there. If you had not seen these movies and you watched it now, do you think you would still, do you think you would like it now? Or do you think? I don't think so. Even the Wolverine mansion scene, it was like, like you said, and we were talking about before, like, yeah, yeah, he's hacking and slashing stuff. And that's really cool because it's cool to see Wolverine just wreck dudes. But choreography wise, that sequence wasn't particularly interesting. Well, yeah, because there's no choreography. It's just people shoot Wolverine. Wolverine doesn't care. Wolverine stabs people. Exactly. Like, Which, in, in like in the first time you see that, you're like, "Fuck yeah! This is this is the Wolverine I want. Like, this is how he well, is." Yeah. But it's not like a thrill to see it. It's like it, it's not like the the choreography dazzles you and like you didn't know he was yeah. going to do that. It's just good to see him living up to expectations. Well, yeah. And that's the deal is if you look at him in comparison to the first movie, he didn't know where he was. I mean, it was great. What we loved when we first saw him was that cage fighting scene. That was rad. So Wolverine does bat- best in combat. And then the, the um, uh, Mystique fight was also really great. So mm-hmm. this one, it's like now he's just treading and, and I think as an audience member, you're like, why are they invading this home? Like, it's a home raid. And there's, like, kids involved. And so you're just rooting for Wolverine yeah. to destroy these what? guys. So, you know, I felt that that, for me, you know, held up. I felt like, yeah, I'm I'm behind your intentions here. And I really like what you're doing. Um, but it for me, that scene made the movie when I was younger. And now it just wasn't enough to keep my interest throughout. Yeah. That pumped me up for the rest of the movie, and I kind of was like on a high. This time, I was like, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I think I realized that the high watermarks of this movie weren't high enough to compensate for the low watermarks, which is the other hour and 20 minutes of this movie where I just did not care. You mean like the hanging out at Iceman's house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but what which actually... There's some good stuff in there. I mean, there's like... It's one of the only actually times in the franchise where I really felt the whole civil rights, like, mutant right. hatred thing, like... 
they actually did a fairly good job with that with the family turning their back on mm-hmm. him and stuff like Absolutely. oh god how, how committed was the little brother in that scene of just like angry from oh, like the most hateful little yeah. like no, racist no. little like oh, it's all for you damien yeah but as over the top as it was that was the closest the movies ever came to resonating with me on the whole human mutant struggle scenario but at the same time it was just like i actually didn't care enough about Iceman at that point to like really yeah, it's weird if you did, if you i mean right now if i was to think like reading a comic book and like Iceman's in it and i was to say oh that's a character Iceman. Iceman was a major character in the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. I would be like, wait, who? He was? Huh? Like, yeah. It doesn't like, seem like he's ever really there in doing uh, stuff. Yeah. But he's there, like, he's a major factor. The movies. Yeah. Like, he's a big part, and yet he just doesn't sit with me in, like, any kind of way. Like, and I actually like that actor a lot just because he was in The Quiet. Connor, Connor Kennedy. Connor Kennedy. <laughs> but he, uh. like, but yeah, as a character, he just, I think because he's just kind of flat. I, don't, I think his performance is this like. It's pretty rogue. flat. Again, I'm, I'm pointing to direction. I yeah. feel like. Oh, absolutely. I blame Brian Singer for all of this. Very poorly directed, you know? I don't think he gave them many intentions for any scene. I, it was like exposition scene. There wasn't any intentions behind the characters. Well, I didn't really care about the rogue Bobby Iceman <laughs> plot Their lines. love? I didn't care about it. And so whenever they were focusing on it, I just Grow was like, a heart, Tin Man. It's like, I don't care about this. I want to hey, see. Tin Woodsman. I'll send you back to Oz in pieces. This one's for you, Morph. Sorry, I won't do, do any more. Uh, uh, no, God. The rest of the podcast. God, the, the, I got the Wolverine in the cartoon series is the best. My A, a friend of mine, like, whenever I'm around him, I'll just, once in a while, I'll just go, Gene. <laughs> Gene. He's always so lamenting about his love for Gene. He's pretty awesome. Um, I, all I care about in this movie, again, is Wolverine. Yeah. Because I feel like they set up Wolverine a little bit in the first movie. Like, obviously, it's all about Wolverine in that first movie. But they they, they tease, like, the adamantium experiment. It's like, okay, this is the movie that's going to give us the closure for Wolverine. And then we'll be done with Wolverine yeah. for the X-Men movies. And yeah, we can and move on to other X-Men. And he can just be a brawler that like does cool, fun yeah. things. And, and, but that obviously that doesn't happen. And, and Wolverine continues to be the focus of every X-Men movie. But Save, save one. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the house raid, like Wolverine just doing this stuff. I don't want Wolverine's fights to be super choreographed. I just want him to be like wailing on a people. Brawler. Well, I mean, they can be good when they're super choreographed, like the Mystique fight. But yeah. they don't have to be to be enjoyable. But, but I definitely don't want to see him like like doing like stuff like from the raid. Like I don't I don't <laughs> I, I don't see I don't see Wolverine fighting in that style. Well, I guess that really honestly, the problem with having a really interesting character who you want to root for is that you need equally interesting opposition. Mm-hmm. And that when you have a fight yeah. scene of Wolverine wrecking, like, basically Foot Clan, you know, like, soldiers, yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to get interesting action out of that. Okay, so what are your thoughts on the Wolverine versus Lady Deathstrike? I like that fight a lot. Right. Yeah, like, because, again, you have opposition. You have something, you have, inve- you have an invested interest in it. That has more to do with than just is he slicing and dicing? Yeah, it's but, cool because he's 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 facing off against a brainwashed female version of himself. Yeah, but but see the 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 house fight. My my feeling is that he's not fighting to win. He's not going like I'm going to kill everybody and the house raid will be over. He he knows that this is an unwinnable situation. He needs to buy time. Yeah. He needs to to save as many people as he can, and he's just going through them in order to do this. He's not is like 
that's why I feel like it's important. Like if, uh, the stakes are still really high. Like he can't be taken down. And the longer that he spends on like one guy or uh, if he takes too much time, like then other kids will get captured. So yeah. he has to deal with people quickly and he has to, to make progress. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't have to care about the, the, the foot soldier that he's killing. Um, uh, because that that fight is not that's not what that fight's well, about. Well, I think they purposely made them no faces. Like, yeah, they, you yeah. Can they're, never, they're storm. You can't tell it's just cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah, they're stormtroopers. Like you know, I don't I don't have to care when Han Solo shoots a bunch of stormtroopers. It's like okay, shooting stormtroopers is fun. Um, the that's just how I f- just took the whole fight. Like yeah. it's just like okay, he's 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 got a mission, and I don't know. Like I I like I still like that fight scene a lot. One thing that got me really excited, actually, about the mansion invasion scene that it became very bittersweet for me, is that Colossus shows up. Yeah, and, and just like nothing. They show they run it. into his room and he plates up and he, and he's just like, and I'm, gonna, some I'm gonna fight you. And then you just see the guys get thrown through a wall and then he just walks in after behind them and then basically just hits another wall and the ushers and like is, is just an escort to a bunch of kids. Yeah. And like he his kindergarten cop. Yeah, and then and then like that is all the Colossus we get until 2014. Basically. Yeah, like he's in a little bit of the third one, but I I don't even remember what he it's does. It's because the they, they're one. like yeah. we only have so much money budgeted to do the CG that is Colossus. I just they're Col- like two scenes. Colossus is my favorite X Men, so yeah. I really oh, wanted to see like fastball special kind of stuff. Yeah, and like they do it a little bit in the third one, but like he's wasted in that. Too. Yeah, he's wasted in that, and like they they. I was satisfied in the in the new one just because like he fights he they, they, yeah. he fights and like he he can't do much more than just punch things. Here here's what I can sum up the movie and the flaws. Like I said, it was exposition to exposition. Um, again, another relying on the nostalgia of the characters. Um, you know, Stryker coming in was such a big thing. I do like him though. Yeah, um, I like Brian Cox. Brian, Brian, Brian Cox, Cox is, is awesome, and he was a great casting for Stryker. I think um, the last scene is the worst thing ever, though. When yeah. he is, I'm telling you, <laughs> no, you know how you said like this thing bothered me. Yeah. His fucking last scene, where he, for whatever reason they decided to chain his head down, it took it took all the wind out of my sails. I was like. Why the fuck was chaining his head down? It looks so chain, weird. I would chain his head down. Uh-oh. No, I know everyone was arguing that when I say no, it looked fucking ridiculous. A common, he looked uncomfortable. He looks stupid. There's a common argument that <laughs> when, you're, when you're losing an argument, you can just say, "Yeah, but still." And I, to this, I will say, "Yeah, but Magneto." Yeah, Magneto mental stuff. Don't. Eh, it's whatever. Magneto was just chaining him up, right? Isn't that what's happening? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Why did they choose to put it on his head? It just looks so retarded. It looks real. They dumb. didn't want him to move. I'm, if everything else is done, and the fact that your head wiggles a slightly, I think we're fine. Well, the, you, the fact that his head no, you could chew bar, through the chains or something. Yeah. What, what if what 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 if he had like you a touche He had a shoulder cannon. He just needed to yeah. Yeah. shoulder cannon. Needed to tweak his a little head twitch. I just if he had a shoulder cannon, Striker would be my number one favorite X Men character of all time. You know what? I I. Total weird segue. You can edit this out. Uh, in Goldeneye, one of my favorite scenes is when they're in the helicopter and the missiles are firing. They're about to blow up the helicopter, and, and he's got the eject button, and it's just like just out of his head reach. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's so awkward. It's like, good, good. It's like how they strapped his head down, he would have gotten killed. See, 
See, Amanda, sometimes strapping the head bullshit, down. bullshit, and you know it. It matters. It's a stupid think, thing, and I hate it. I think we can all walk away from this exchange knowing that strapping the head down is the right thing. It's the right thing. pretty <laughs> much the worst thing ever. I want to talk about, like, evil Cerebro. Yeah. Uh, the, and, and, oh, God, and Striker's Kid. Mm-hmm. That, whole, that whole weird Jason situation. One, Jason 143. When he sees himself, he sees himself as a little girl. Little girl. Yeah, that's so weird. And, and I, I looked it up, and he's the character's name is Jason143, but he's also credited as Little Girl143 for the for the background or the flashbacks or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah, what is the deal with this character being represented as a little girl? Is it like a commentary on his own identity or like trapped in a body like, that like he's, he's been emasculated or I don't, I don't know it's a very bizarre like undercurrent to this movie maybe it's a trope because it made it remind me of resident evil actually funny enough it was like of oh, the little girl alice and the hive and whatever so i was like maybe it's just trustworthy of a little girl more than a little yeah boy. Like, <laughs> like, like it's, it's more innocent. innocent yeah i don't know but i i don't know it's very strange it would have been more interesting if he had represented himself as something in Professor X's past, you know, yeah. like if it was yeah. his daughter or as just himself from the past, like the yeah. Jason character that he tried to help that he couldn't like there. That's such a more powerful emotional connection. It was an odd choice. Maybe there were just so many terrible auditions for that little boy. They were like, well, we're going with a girl. Yeah. Well, and also it didn't make sense. Like why would Professor X listen to a little girl who's telling him to kill all the humans? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, you're right, little girl. This is probably a good idea. Uh, like, it, a child. Yeah, it. Uh, oh, the wisdom of a child. Um, you're just, you just take a nap, little girl. You're just tired. You don't want to kill people. It, it, like, I don't understand, like, how that was coercing him to kill all the human beings. I really, it does. To me, it doesn't make any sense. See, I think the general plot of this movie is yeah. kind of like moot. Like, it, none of it like even matters to me. But totally like, logically, total easy fix. Because you have the evil Cerebro, all you have to do is have her say, find all the mutants, but yeah. they have this evil Cerebro reverse, reverse yeah. to, or, you know, find all, find, you know, like to, to do that. Like it's, it's been programmed to whatever he, he's just trying, he thinks he's trying to help people and find them, but he's actually killing them as a result. Yeah. That's a really great, easy yeah. fix right there. I would have, I would have gone, oh gosh, that's, that's horrible. That's a horrible thing that's happening. Absolutely. Um, I'd been glad about it. Fuck yeah. those mutants. They're different. Um, JK, guys. I don't really feel that way. No, Amanda, you're, get off the podcast. Even, <laughs> I'm even mutant racist. <laughs> I think uh, just a one little thing. I thought it was really funny that Wolverine hotwired a car just with his claws. Yeah. <laughs> like he just stabs he just it and stabs the car starts. into it and it starts. I it's thought, not like it's like the T1 where he can like make it form into something else. And, <laughs> and once again in this movie, I get so mad at Storm. This is like the, well, no, no. Yeah, it's case. like, but it's but it's just like you know what the answer to everything for Storm is use fucking lightning. It's like oh, Storm, there's missiles and two planes after us. I'm gonna whip up some tornadoes. It's like why don't you just hit them with lightning? That they're like done. The most powerful thing. It's like it, I'm gonna put fog out there and maybe it'll be harder. Yeah, it's just like it's the it, it travels literally at the speed of light. <laughs> And, and and no and, missiles are faster. Richard. Yeah, it's just like like she. I'm gonna I'm gonna whip up a hundred tornadoes <laughs> that like are pl- like placed so delicately that you can go yeah. through them and around them. And, and then and then stop them, even though you're telling me that there's two missiles heading towards me. Yeah, it's like oh well, I'm out of juice. So Jean, could you take these missiles? That's so out boring. You know, it's like she barely flies. 
Her eyes just turn white. The end. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she wouldn't wear the contacts or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. They had to CG her eyes. What? Yeah, the contacts were really uncomfortable, and she like refused to wear them for like two seconds. Yeah. Well. Well, I'm sure it was. It's more long than it's probably hours. Hour yeah. But yeah. But, but in uh, the comparison of yeah, it's that's very minimal. Well, actors fire, are, actors do not suffer for their craft. Yeah. That is that. that is the first rule of acting. No, it's, it's like really like the hard be job. very comfortable. With your character. But at the core of... See, like, that's, I think, a perfect example of why this franchise just doesn't work. Because you, it's literally the same exact sequence in The Incredibles when the mother yeah. is, yeah. like, and her two children are on so the plane. Good. And it's one of the best action sequences, as far as me being personally invested, of any movie I've ever seen, animated or not. Mm. Yeah. And you have the same stakes, the same scenario. And Incredibles, you care. And in this movie, it's like, eh, the missile hits them. I is like whatever, like you know what I mean. Like I just don't care, and it's it actually another. Cool that Magneto saves him though. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a cool. It is cool to see the bad guys working with the good guys for a while. Yeah, one of the like few sequences yeah. where like the moral ambiguity of Magneto like shows through in sort of an interesting way, but like it's just such a waste of t- of like you said. It's like oh, we'll just throw up tornadoes or something. It's like in Incredibles, every character in that scene had a purpose, mm. and their power meant something to how they were going to survive that scene. And it just like it's like you know the the ability of Violet to like she she's having an emotional distress and can't manage to put a force field around the yeah. plane, and then the mother being like you know her guardian like has to end up saving them both, and then Dash has to you know use his speed to get them to dry land. Like it's all constructed around their failures and their strengths as, mm. as characters. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that is good, but when it's all together, it gets a little troubling. Mm-hmm. As much as I like this movie, it's just like. Magneto's really great escape. It's like, oh man, this was really crazy. I like uh, that actually. I uh, do like that you know the, the mansion raid, uh, the the opening scene at the White House. The do you like Pyro going nuts on the cops? Yeah, Pyro going out, like yeah, pretty cool. I, like there, there's like all kinds of really cool stuff, but there's so much weird stuff happening in between, and you're wondering what's happening. Like, like when uh, Wolverine's driving the kids in the car, and like he can't operate a radio. Oh yeah, it's like it's like oh, what the hell is this? music i don't know what this is uh and he picks up the phone it's like i don't know how to use a phone nor that is, phone it... is the most 90s looking thing i've yeah. ever seen and it's in the 2000s yeah yeah it's like it's designed to look like an x and it like opens up that thing it's got like the it does that like matrix thing where you press a button and it goes and like yeah. opens yeah. up yeah yeah but 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 it's like why why are none of the other x-men on the other line like why is no one <laughs> on the hotline busy it, but they can't be bothered. Yeah, this is it's, it's not storms big. making tornadoes. <laughs> but what's important is that there's a scene where Wolverine gets freaked out and almost stabs a kitty in it, and, uh, it, and, and it licks his claws. But oh the, yeah, that was in this. Yeah, this is the best movie in the franchise. But then, but then he retracts. <laughs> that then, is easily the best scene. Now, <laughs> but, but then he retracts his claws and you just hear wow. Yeah, like, like he cut him. Like he cut the cat's tongue off or yeah. something. Snake tongue. <laughs> But like, they later show the cat and he's okay. Yeah, he's, so he's, looking, he's looking at coffee. Ice you cream. don't have to stress about the cat. It would be funny if they showed the cat later and it was just bleeding profusely just dead. in its mouth. Yeah, just dead. Well, that being said, I think we can move on to X3. <gasps> uh, you know, it's silly, but I actually really enjoyed Bullshit. it. You I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I gotta open my eyes to this because I. I hated this movie. When it first I, came out. I got together with 20, like 20, over 20 friends, and we all dressed up like X-Men characters, and I was the juggernaut, <laughs> and it was pretty awesome, and oh, we went yeah. and saw this movie, and we all just walked out feeling like assholes. Well, but, you know. 
But like but you felt bad because the movie is terrible and that you cared I'm about it. I'm emotionally invested in bad <laughs> things. Um, but you opened my eyes to the fact that in hindsight, now like what, fifteen years later, ten years later, this movie at least has things to look at. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a comic book. It feels like you're watching the characters. And they may not be grounded in rally. They may not have gone through the fucking Holocaust. But <laughs> oh they... Oh, my God. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but right? I mean, we're talking about a, a series of films. <laughs> no, no. No, seriously. We're talking about a series of films that was that started the serious comic book revolution. Yes. And part of it was because they grounded it in a real-world war that and gave history to the characters with something serious. This movie doesn't feel like that. It feels just like X-Men characters in an ensemble doing what each of those characters does. And I really appreciated that. And you can, there's details in it too, like the movie starting in the danger room. Thank you. Thank you, X-Men uh, movies, for just yeah. giving me something, even if it's just a nod. A half-assed Sentinel. Yeah. It's uh, better than the Sentinels we got in the new fucking movie, I'll tell you that much. No. No. Yes. You're wrong. Incorrect. Yes, I'm super wrong. No. No. We'll get there. We'll you're get there. Super wrong. I, we'll get wrong. there. I would have been happier had there been no danger room. I don't know. I enjoyed the danger room. It was a moment that at least gave me a feeling like I was in the universe that I grew up with. Fastball special is on film because of that scene. So that is cool. What? Uh, Colossus does this thing where he throws Wolverine at objects and it's called the fastball special. Yeah. And he does it. He does it in there. I I just, it's, it's too much like the holodeck. Well, that is the danger room. (laughs) I know, but you can't hold that against the movie. Saw Star Trek and went, let's put that in X Men, and 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 that's what they did in the comics. So, are you against the holodeck in general, the danger room in general? I'm uh, actually no. I'm sorry. The danger room was before Star Trek. Oh, Uh, I have no problem with the danger room in a comic book, but in a reality where you have a room where you can holographically generate bullets and fire and giant robots. but you're okay with it in Star Trek? I am okay with it in Star Trek <laughs> why? because it because one Richard, it's why? it's the future. Saint Luke is a saint. <laughs> <laughs> saint Luke. Um, it it opens up too many doors to me. It opens it's a it's a Pandora's box of okay, so you can create anything you want in this room. Even things that kill you, like sexy things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, only, it's just like, you know, that's all it would be used for. Are you saying that if this movie somehow incorporated Dixon Hill taking on an evil like Moriarty that came out of the out of the danger room, you would have liked it more? Did you just look up every holodeck episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation? <laughs> no, I just had to refresh myself on what his name was, which was Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill, yeah. So, what you're, I, I think I understand what you're saying. You're saying that in Star Trek. <laughs> It, it's a little bit more acceptable because you have a universe that's like a little bit wider, a little bit more into like science and or science fiction. Yeah. Whereas this, you incorporate that into a what is sort of a grounded reality and it raises too many questions about its use. Right. Okay. So if they can create like a room of holographic things, then why can't they use that technology? Like, the, like they, that's a really powerful, te- amazing technology. If you can create and generate things that can kill and hurt you, then you just take that technology with you and use it out in the real Richard, world. Everybody no, knows you can't carry a room. No, it's just in there. But there is some really cool X-Men stories where they use it against people that break into the mansion. See, and I'm okay with that. Like, there's, there's, there's stories where... Um, separate, like, two separate get them stories lured into a maze or something. Breaks. Oh, there's, a, there's an episode in the cartoon that's great where Juggernaut's fucking up shit in the, in the X-Mansion, and then he fights a robot Hulk in the, man, in the danger room. Who wins? Oh, juggernaut, because it's a oh. robot Hulk. Oh, okay. 
That makes but sense. But thanks for pretending you're really invested. I was. I was invested. <laughs> and then there's also a really good comic I read once where it was like a what if and like Sabretooth breaks in and kills everybody and like Jubilee, uh, Jubilee has to use the, ex, the the room to kill him basically. Well, cool. I don't. Okay. Well, it is just a small detail of the first 20 second, 30 second, or few minutes of the movie, but I enjoyed it just as a nod, a reference, considering this movie doesn't make any fucking sense anyway. <laughs> it was like, I'll take it. I'll what take it. What are we going to use get. the Golden Gate Bridge as? <laughs> a bridge. A bridge. <laughs> yeah. This movie, this movie, honestly, and I went back and watched it because I remember seeing this trailer over and over and over again online that it's like one of the best edited movie trailers ever. Like in history, like it's like that, and like the Dark Knight, like they both have like really great trailers. I watched it like daily until X three came out because I was so excited about it. And this, I think, is the highest disappointment from trailer to movie ever for me because I was like, "This, is, oh my god, Magneto, he's oh, the Golden Gate. This is gonna be crazy. That mutants are gonna be fighting on there. It's gonna be the greatest sequence ever." Oh, what? It's, he's just using the bridge as a bridge. <laughs> like, there's no payoff. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> so using the bridge as a bridge. Yeah. The bridge, Matthew, I don't know if you recognize, but the bridge is a bridge. Oh, okay. Which bridges them together. I see. Well, you know what you could have done? Just lifted the, all the mutants with the iron in their bodies over to yeah. the island. You don't need a fucking bridge to do it. You don't need to wreck a really nice piece of architectural structure in San Francisco hey, Matthew, to get them over jerk. there. Magneto Matthew, is a jerk. Matthew. I hate him. Hey, why don't you why don't you build a bridge and get over it? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, real quick, I've been meaning to bring this up for a while. Um, Professor X was written to be like uh, Martin Luther King, and Magneto was written to be like uh, Malcolm X. I'm sorry, who? Who are they? <laughs> Listen, half black guy, you're supposed to know this shit. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, but do you feel like they're represented in that? No, way? not in the movie. In the movies, are not like that, but in the comics, I could definitely yeah, see it. Absolutely. Was that intentional by a comic book? Writer? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Stanley, uh, they, Stan Lee's yeah. intention was they create, yeah. because but he, but he made them white. Because <laughs> yeah. way to go. They're, they're mutants and not black people. Yeah, yeah they just have really. <laughs> I, Richard, I don't know. Do I, Do you need me to explain the difference? They're, they're all binos, okay? They're not literally Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Wait, that would have been what? so much cooler. <laughs> that actually would have been cooler. Let's make it. Let's make that movie. Magneto's um, super big into Muhammad. Saying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> as dumb as the costumes and certain characters in this movie are, like Juggernaut, Vinnie Jones looks dog shit in this movie. He's just in a big like rubber fat suit. suit or whatever, yeah. mus- sort of fat a muscle blob? suit. I like his helmet. That no, 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 that's no, nice Juggernaut. It's, it's like a scaled down version of what comes in the next one, the blob. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I like this helmet. I, I like the. I like it that looks it's just a bucket, like a dick. <laughs> a dick bucket. It looks like yeah, a dick. I, it looks. It hey, does. It does. But I like that. All it's, helmets look like dicks. I like that. It's just. It's just a literally just a huge rock. Do you remember w- what they say about it? Like they're like, "What's with the helmet?" Do you remember what he says? Keeps my face pretty. There you go. What does he say? Keeps my face pretty. <laughs> oh, hey, this movie. Do you guys remember that awesome scene where Cyclops gets a hero's death? Oh, oh yeah, you yeah, remember that's the, a thing. The, the hug death. Oh wait, no, 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 no! Oh, we don't see it. it just oh yeah, we don't. It yeah, this is the movie that and then notoriously. Are floating or some shit. This is the movie where they notoriously kill the leader of the X Men. Well, the, and the no one cared. Second, <laughs> second leaders, leaders huh? yeah, of the X Men. Yeah, because Cyclops X- is technically the leader well, of the X Men. He's like under under Professor X. Yes, but absolutely. Then, but then also they dissolve Professor X yeah. later. Yeah, <laughs> but oh. Cyclo- Cyclops is the Leonardo to to Professor yes, X's splinter. Yes, exactly. 
So, oh, also remember okay. when they killed <laughs> Professor X <laughs> in X Men? Do you remember no, that? It's fine because he gets transported and he transports his mind into a comatose body. It looks just, just like, like him, him with a beard. Okay, I have a bone. Plot <laughs> twist: the comatose body was actually actor Patrick Stewart <laughs> in this universe. Dead. Um, I have I have a bone to pick, and it may be stupid, and maybe I just really probably don't. not with this movie. It's probably legitimate. Know. It's not even like movie stuff. It's political stuff behind the scenes. So we all know that Marsden had couldn't do the third movie because he moved on with Brian Singer to do Superman Returns. I believe that's Returns. the reason why he didn't return. Which is what in this day and fucking age they couldn't schedule. They couldn't schedule their shoot days. Like, are we serious that he's like? No, I couldn't possibly do this movie. Please kill off my character in a stupid way because I must fully commit I, to being the like. On like he was like Not a even supporting important. actor. He yeah. wasn't fucking Superman. Less than two weeks of shooting time. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, that's just a big Hollywood fluff. He's I mean, lying. maybe there's something I mean, going on behind. Yeah, him. maybe I, there's more to it. Than I hypothesized that dick sucking was involved. Yeah, lovers, <laughs> lovers for sure. I don't know, but I was just like, are we really buying that? I remember telling people that. Oh, you know, he went on to do the Superman movie, and that's why I couldn't do X three. Blah, blah blah. And then I was thinking about it when we did the marathon. I was like, that's bullshit. There's no way he couldn't have just done both or that his agents wouldn't fight for him to be able yeah. to do both. Yeah, you it's know? a very strange It's not like he looked like it's not like he's like, you know, he's got to lose like 100 pounds to play the role of the bullshit guy that nobody cares about in Superman. Yeah, I, I, you know, like the I've heard the man who makes a cuckold of Superman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you know, I've heard that before and I believe it's part it's part of the reason why he left. But also there's got to be more to it than we know. I mean, come on. I mean, he's the. Like I said, he's the leader of the X-Men. So he was is it cast... money? Like, I don't know what it would be. I have no idea. But you were cast as the leader of the X-Men, one of the biggest movie franchises in history, and you well, decide yeah. to just cut out? It just doesn't make sense. This is the movie where your you're significant other, who you are like paired with in this movie, becomes the main threat. And in the comics, there is an like, iconic yeah. shot of you facing off against the yeah. powers of the universe to try and save... Your girlfriend slash wife, who is now become death. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like great well, they just role. That with Good fodder for the fucking character. No, 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 no. See, see, because Jean Grey, Jean Grey really loves Wolverine. That's true. So, Deep so, down. so, Deep so down. we we need we need to get rid of this guy. So the Wolverine like, story. Little, sorry, gotta have a little pretty boy, a little bad boy. I know? mean, it make okay. Like as far as the romance, it's good stuff to is, have a woman's touch on this com- this podcast. As yeah, far as true. the romance is concerned, I don't care what they write in, which characters are into who in these movies. Like just to give it some drama, fine. That being said, like. It just, it was obviously the biggest mistake of this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's just like, especially since we never really got a good Cyclops sequence in any of the movies, like yeah. him being the leader. And like, he's like, yeah, he's a pretty boy. He's like sort of like the goody two shoes, but he's also badass in the comics. Yeah. Like he does work. And like Cyclops never felt like he did work in this trilogy. Cyclops has a lot of moments in the comics where he does what Captain America does in that scene of in the Avengers where they're like, yeah. why should we listen to you? And he's just like, bam, 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 bam. I need you to do this, 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 and that, and this, and this. Yeah. And everybody goes, oh shit, this guy's a real deal. Yeah. He's yeah. A, like, he's, he's a leader. That's what he is. Yeah. And he's nothing in this movie. And they yeah. prove it by not even giving him a genuine funeral. He's like the the afterthought, like to Professor X's funeral. It's just it's just the biggest mistake. Yeah. By the way, Scott died too. <laughs> oh yeah, he's dead over there. We, we buried over. him a couple weeks ago. We don't, we forgot about him. It's just just pissing on his grave. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I gotta well, go. Hold on, I want to walk all the way inside. One one thing I did like um, was Jean Grey's Phoenix. That whenever she started to like 
Phoenix out. Yeah. That they really ma- did a good job of subtly making her face look birdlike. She's, oh, she well, looks she's incredible zombie-ish. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Everything they did with Phoenix as far as special effects characterization, I thought Wardrobe. was really Wardrobe. It looked great in that red. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they they did a great job with her. And it's actually actually the reason why this movie isn't as bad as I remembered it being or like I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because everything related to her was, I think, executed fairly well, especially the end sequence between Jean Grey and Wolverine, mm-hmm. I think is my favorite moment of the original trilogy. Wolverine climbing up the wreckage towards Jean Grey as she's like putting hellfire on him and you can literally see his insides as he's healing just trying to get close to her I think is the best image of any of the three movies. It's the thing that I think most relates to the idea of what comics and cartoons can do emotionally that sometimes movies grounded in reality can't. It's just giving you like situations that are more extreme and then can enhance those emotions better than regular movies can. Mm. But um, like that's the only good part of the end yeah. battle. <laughs> cool. Wait, we gotta talk about the Morlocks. Oh, yeah, man. there's a scene where Wolverine is like infiltrating their camp. They literally live in a fucking forest. Gypsies and, and, yeah. and intense. It's not impressive or cool. But um, he the first guy to find him is bone just, throwing like, guy, spiky discharge dude. <laughs> Um, where it was Let's supposed to never talk about him again. It was originally <laughs> supposed charged. to be Omega Red. Yeah. Which would have been really awesome. Yeah, he's a but great character. But they just made, like, I mean, he's kind of Spike. There's a character named Spike in the show who can just shoot, like, bony Spike things. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's not Spike, but it is. But, like, it's totally worthless and stupid. And Why do they do shit like that in movies? Like, if you're going to put a character in there that has a source... Just put them in there. Like, why make this like weird alternate half version of characters? Like, is what's the advantage well, of doing a that? A lot of the Morlocks, like the leader of the Morlocks, um, Cali- Cali- Calypso? Calypso. Yeah, Calypso. Yeah, they Clarissa, they, they put her in there, but like Calypso's just like this one-eyed kind of haggish lady who, like, I think she, her power is like she can tell other people's powers or something like that. Yeah, she's aware of other people's powers. But um, in the movie, they're just like, um, she's got both eyes and she's fast. <laughs> I don't why know. bother? Again, yeah. going through the motions. They're like, ah, oh, nobody's oh, going to know it. But why change it? Remember, That's okay, more work than God. just putting him in Do you remember Blowfish? The Blowfish guy? Blowfish guy. Yes. He's like, come here, important scientist lady. I'm going to keep you safe. Just give me a hug. Blowfish! I think killed you. <laughs> <laughs> I spiked you. <laughs> Tricks. Tricks I don't you know. dead. It's just Tricks really you dumb. dead. This movie's really dumb. <laughs> to me, it just wastes... Yeah, it's more effort to take characters that exist and change them for no reason than to just put them in. Yeah. That's why you have comics. That's why comics, comic book movies are big now. Because the storyboards are all there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just... A, they made some strange choices in here. I think... Um, I really liked Kitty Pride, especially the casting. I, I think love Ellen, Page, Ellen Page. I think she was a good choice. Yeah. She just does solid work in most movies. And Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer oh, is beast. Oh, perfect the beast. beast. We haven't perfect talked about beast. him, but he's, yeah. he's great. He's wonderful. He, is yeah. he nailed it. 100%. And he looked really good in, from introduction to now, you know, just really good. Oh, I would like to say, too, that like adding back on to the whole Jean Grey thing is that I think this movie also does a really good job in setting up stakes. Like, as far as Jean Grey's powers, because she kills yeah. a lot of people in this movie. Like, she's she just vaporizes she's people. She's just vaporizing people left and right. The shot where Professor X, like, looks at her and goes, like, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And, like, it kind of freeze frames for a second before yeah. he just dis- dissolves is, like, way unsettling. Yeah, it's, it's pretty haunting. It's real creepy. 
what's a flashback that happens with her when she's young? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, the how beginning. She is. It goes back to Magneto and Professor X and her like looking to find mutants to like kind of bring under their tutelage, and they find her as a kid, and she's like lifting up cars in her parking lot. Yeah, her parents. What? Her That's... parents are basically like terrified of her. Terrified <laughs> there's of her. like a carry. There's a deleted scene in that where actually um uh Stan Lee's in it, and he's like watering his lawn, and then like the water from his hose starts going. I up. think it's actually in the cut. Is it? Yeah, it's in okay. there. All right, because he shows up in all his movies yeah that's good stuff i like it yeah but but i think the cg effects on professor uh, x and magneto are very strange well it's really funny to look at because like this is before x-men first class and between x-men uh days of future past which has you know the new cast the the new old cast yeah yeah and in this there's like a it's like a seven year or 12 like seven to 12 years or something like that it's not very long between that cut scene and this Mm -hmm. and like it's basically the difference between James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart in like 12 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like really funny. <laughs> yeah, and I guess just real quick, uh, going over like what the general idea of this movie was, basically that they've discovered this child who played the the actor kid who plays every creepy kid in yeah. movies for like 10 for like years. three years. Or three yeah, years. Like, is it, years. it felt yeah. like 10 years. It felt like 10 years. Um, <laughs> the idea of this movie is that they found this kid that can give mutants like human qualities. Like that you basically lose their powers. Yeah. He's an inhibitor An inhibitor. inhibitor. And that maybe they can find, figure out a way to give mutants the option of being not mutants anymore, which I actually was thought was a pretty damn good moral dilemma for a concept in an X-Men movie. Like, it really made me wonder if someone said, Matthew, would you not be black anymore? Would you do it? <laughs> um, not really. But um, but I think as far as like the mutant thing is concerned, it actually was a good dilemma. And it just wasn't particularly executed well. But see, what bothers me about that, I mean, and even uh, the escalation of, of the cure, the quote-unquote cure, is one, even if you have been cured, you're still a mutant. Mm-hmm. And you'll still have there'll still be like mutant kids being born because this is evolution. It's not just going to stop. No, you hit them right coming out, coming out the vajayjay. Just, just everyone just hit them, hit them with it. And and there'll still be that rejection. Like that. That's what. So like obviously, like I'm I'm digging deeper than this movie digs. But you would still be rejection that's rejected. Not hard. It's like a cursory yeah. swipe at the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you you'd still be rejected as someone who was a mutant. Yeah, but are just cured. It's just like you know, you know. And this is no offense to alcoholics, but like you know, you even if you don't, if you're sober, you never drink again. You're still an alcoholic. Yeah, you're just never drinking anymore. I'm right but, here, Richard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But so, do you, I mean, but do you think it's it's? I mean, I know the whole franchise is based on this idea of like civil rights and like black and white relations and all of that type right, of stuff. But exactly. it could be. But in this movie, it's actually presented more, less as, uh, as the race issue as much as it, it is a disease. You know what I mean? Like, if, like, it's sort of more, like, akin to, like, do you have a sickness that you're now cured of? Like, Well, well see, I, I was looking at it more, like, with, like, civil rights mm-hmm. going directly to that issue is just when segregation was ended. Yeah. And, but there's still racism. Like, yeah, but they're also still black. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's slightly That's different. That's what he's saying is that they're still black and so... At the end of the day, the racism but still it, applies, even though legally it's not binding. But, but what I'm saying is, in theory, if we're like applying this to real-world race relations, that the idea is that you take it'd be like Michael Jackson. It's like, or but something more extreme, where it's like, oh, you were dark-skinned, now you're light-skinned. Not like it would be like not you would be not just segre- 
like it wouldn't just be the end of segregation it would be the end of segregation because all the black people were made white you see what i'm saying like yeah, it, yeah. it's a slightly a different analogy which i thought was sort of strange like you know like it sort of took it in a different direction but again it would raise a bunch of questions it wasn't ready to answer in yeah. an intelligent way and the cure isn't really even a cure yeah because we see that it doesn't Work. It work permanently yeah yeah it wears off or you can retrain yourself like it like it's like we a muscle that you need to re retrain like the atrophy of like a muscle you have to just yeah work at it to get it back but i do remember the shot of beast approaching the child and watching his reaction to his hand yeah like becoming human was actually a really like powerful scene to me. I really enjoyed watching Beast go through that because he is obviously of the X-Men the most intellectual mm -hmm. and to see his moral dilemma with it I thought was was cool. So, um anything other anything else we need to talk about on X3 any really important factors? Was, was the 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 end scene like the the after credit scene the was the last it? stand? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um <laughs> was it just Magneto in the park by himself was that the the last scene of the well, movie? There's, no, that's the, there, that's the last scene before the credits. Okay, was there an after the credits scene? I yes. can't remember. Because uh, was it a the, park or an institution? It was something. It was, it was, it was a park. Professor X. Because like he's not Magneto anymore. Yes, that's what it was. It's it something was, to do Professor. Yeah, it was Moira McTaggart uh, and the the comatose guy that he'd been talking about briefly earlier in a class, and like she, he wakes up in her in the comatose guy's body and was like, "Hey, what's going on, Moira?" And she's like, "Oh my God, Charles!" And like that's the end of the movie. Okay. So when he was being dissolved, he transferred his consciousness to a comatose patient and like took that person oh yeah that makes sense and it, looks, only and it, and it happens to just look just like him but checks out Is it, oh he can do that okay okay cool Su super, superman can go fly around the world and turn back time okay okay cool <laughs> okay but yeah so x3 overall for me there's obviously as we just discussed a lot of silly shit a lot of dumb stuff but it does have some high water marks for me and I think those high water marks mattered more to me than the stuff that I liked about the first two movies. And that's why I give it a better grade than I ever thought I would. Pyro and Iceman finally like totally power up and throw down. And yep. it's super underwhelming. Oh yeah. God, we never mentioned that, that he freezes a ball of fire somehow yes. in like what? <laughs> <laughs> no science, Richard science. Well, if we know anything about fire, it's that there's lots of moisture in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's solid <laughs> and it's completely solid that you can freeze it solid. Science, Richard. Science. Um, also, it's weird that like there's like lots of mutant cannon fodder in this last scene that are being shot. Yeah, like, all those started. asshole oh. mutants and they, that don't. They're, like... they're basically just like toad light. Yeah, they're yeah. Just, they jump around a lot and they just kind of don't seem to have any specific powers. Yeah. But and but that's what Magneto wants. Like he 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 says, let them go. Let the pawns go first. Yeah. Like he 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 holds back like Juggernaut and Phoenix and and all the other <laughs> all the other people. We didn't talk about the I'm the Juggernaut bitch. Oh yeah. They brought the meme in. They yeah. Made, they made it the funny the the thing from a couple years ago. Which to me, honestly, when I saw the movie, meant nothing to me because I actually had never seen or heard of I'm the Juggernaut bitch when I went to CX three. So I was just like, hmm, that's a funny thing for him to say. But like, it totally like went over my head. But it's fucking dumb. Like, whoever thought that was okay. I would love to see, man, I just want everything to be rebooted. I want everything to go back to Marvel and be rebooted. I'd like to see, I want to see Juggernaut dress up in an actual Juggernaut costume. You think he could just be a guy? Like, wouldn't it have to be CG? Well, like Hulk? He's pretty know. fucking big in the like, comics. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I always go back to this. Dr. Hyde, or Mr. Hyde from mm -hmm. uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is a yeah. terrible movie, but Mr. Hyde looked really good in it. 
And was he just makeup? Yeah, it was just a oh, okay. He was just forced perspective. Yeah, oh, okay. it was. I mean, it was. He had like a suit, and he had like like the kind of thing where he, his apparatus and his hands were like in, actually in his forearms. Yeah, yeah. Hellboy he just, kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. And it looked real good. Okay, cool. So, well, I'm all for them taking it back to square one. But, I mean, in 20 years, let's get some other franchises and other movies on the screen. Now, well, we already have want, seven of these. I want them to go back to Marvel, and then I just want Marvel to bring it out in due time. Yeah. So, the next movie we watched is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Put your The best movie in the series? the dumbest one that for sure but uh you know in a movie marathon you need the bad ones to keep you awake sometimes and this definitely picked us up a little bit in the I middle of the franchise i think much like you feel about the last stand i feel about uh, uh wolverine origins I yeah because like you didn't you went into this saying that you actually remembered enjoying x-men yeah origins. i had fun during it i thought it was silly obviously it's super like weird and weird the cinematography for one is something that clearly is not well executed i knew that going into it and i just i thought it was like fast paced um it's certainly sorry no go ahead uh anything revolving around wolverine at least is going to be interesting to me because again he was the most interesting character in the first three that being said obviously it has its faults and it's not perfect by any means but i just thought it was fun well it certainly has the best intro to any of the x-men movies x-men and i mean uh wolverine and Sabretooth going yeah. through history like oh, fighting man. all the wars every war imaginable yeah the they stop. fought in literally every war yeah is amazing i, I think it would have been funny to like to insert them into like the the british in india or something like, that. like oh yeah they're they're there too <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, where, they, where is there a war fly us there yeah just we got work there. to do <laughs> yeah, yeah they just fought together side by side brothers you know Oh, yeah, this one, this, this is the one that like they just said, you know what? Let's just make them brothers. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever done that in the comic. They never really established what their relationship is. Yeah, I've, I've never known it, of it. But, yeah, but yeah, great opening sequence. It really gets you excited for what's coming, just oh, out of the man. silliness. The but. shot of like kid, kid Wolverine with the when the claws come out, and he just goes like, <laughs> oh yeah, screaming. Yeah, up into like the sky, up into the ceiling. It's <laughs> so funny. Then we look up that kid and his literal. IMDB picture was that yeah, picture. Yeah, it's <laughs> of him as Wolverine screaming into the sky. <laughs> it would be mine, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, know how to pick them. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I thought um, the actor that played Sabretooth. Uh, Leif Schreiber. Leif Schreiber. Schreiber, I love. Yeah, and he's really good. he was great yeah. as this part. I mean, for as cheesy and little as he was given, he did well. I wish his eyebrows were a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where they started calling Wolverine Jimmy. Right. Yeah, Jimmy well, Logan. The original name in the comics as well was James Howlett. Okay. So. Yeah. But but it seems to be like a trend because don't they call him that in The Wolverine too? Aren't they calling him Jimmy? No, they call him Logan. They do? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a nod to actually When I first saw the movie, I thought it was weird and bullshit. I was like, why are they calling Wolverine Jimmy? That's fucking <laughs> stupid. But it is. It does have mm. canon. So it's, it's allowed. Well, as far as characters, this is another problem of like cast of characters that they just boned up that they just okay, didn't yeah. even know how to handle. Like oh, Deadpool, God. they really fucked up Deadpool. In this. Deadpool, yeah. the the Merc with the mouth. Let's, has, take, let's, let's, let's take the mouth let's away. Let's take the mouth away. Let's yeah. take the mouth away. Don't put him in his costume or anything. Anything Deadpool. Let's take it hey, all. Hey, you know what? Instead, uh, instead of giving him the things we should have, why don't we take those away and we'll add Cyclops blasting and Nightcrawler teleporting. teleporting. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, Ryan Reynolds, though. Ryan Reynolds, guys? Well, he's a perfect person to play Deadpool as Deadpool is supposed to be, but he is terrible in this movie. Um, also, yeah. Mostly because you don't look at him. He's in a full suit. I, I love how they give him basically sword versions of the Wolverine claws. And, yeah. like, I have enough problems with Wolverine's claws. Like, if, he, if they're retracted, how does he move his wrist? Okay, yeah. fine. Maybe they go all the way up into his forearm. Yeah. But... They give him Baraka blades from yeah. Mortal Kombat. Well, they give they give <laughs> they give Deadpool fucking swords in his arms. Yeah. So when they're in there, how the fuck does he move his elbows? <laughs> like, listen, Josh, he, every time he science. Would, if he flexed, it would just be like, <laughs> like but, just swords but, but, coming but, but out. But then he just heals and he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. You just didn't see when he was healing, Josh. Gross. And then you have to like you have to like cut back into it if you ever wanted. To, oh, gross. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you said, if they had cast or if they had written Deadpool as Deadpool should be, Ryan Reynolds, I think, would have been a good choice. But it's just another movie in a long list of Ryan Reynolds disappointments. Like I've always considered him. I was like, you know what, Ryan Reynolds, I think he's he's going to be something. He's going to be a pretty damn good actor one day. And he keeps making shit. Everything looks so promising after Van Wilder and nothing panned out. (laughs) Well, he's done some smaller movies. Van Wilder. He's done some smaller roles that I thought were pretty good. Van Wilder for what it was. I mean, it does not hold up, and I you couldn't pay me to watch it now, but back in the day, I was all about it. (laughs) Van Wilder and Will I Am. We can't, can't not get through this. I mean, we we can all just agree that he literally paid to be in that movie. He's not a real character. It's not a character. They just it is put him in there. It's just it's just a random ass thing. Because he's essentially Nightcrawler, like he's just he's a teleporter, but he's he's weird, like outside in teleporter, like his skin, then his muscles, and then his bones disappear, like in that order. His name is John something, and he's not a John Shitty, and we hate him. He's a Sean Connery's cousin from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. (laughs) They both have won dumb hat costumes in their day, Mm -hmm, big ass mm -hmm. dumb hat costume. Um, The Blob is in this as like a weird good guy. Yeah. And Helpful. he's a good actor. Yeah, the actor they got for him. Yeah, Kevin actor. Durant. Yeah, he did a good job with it, actually, considering how ridiculous <laughs> his makeup was. <laughs> the Hobbit's in this. I forget. I always forget. Dominic Moynihan. Yeah, yeah, Dominic Moynihan's in this, and he's just he's like the electric guy. Yeah, he controls electricity. Yeah, so, he becomes a freak. So essentially, the plot of this movie is that there's a Merc squad that Wolverine was Wep- a part Weapon of. X. Weapon X. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, over the years they sort of disbanded, and they're getting the. You know, like the crew gets back together, sort of, and they're all now in conflict. Well, they're being murdered. Because yeah. Sabretooth is going around, who was an ex member of the squad, is mm-hmm. going around murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. squad. Which actually, fine by me. Like, and okay. He's terrifying. Lee Driver was really creepy. Like, the scene when he is going to confront the electric guy or whatever. Dominic Moynihan. Yeah. yeah. It's really kind of like, ugh. <laughs> like, Cause, this cause is unsettling. Because it's so casual. Like, Moynihan knows that this is probably, he's going to die here. Yeah, and but he's just like at the carnival. Yeah, yeah. And, but he's just like, well, you know, time to sit down and just accept my fate. Yeah, and that's always a, a really desperate situation where you just feel for the guy who's involved, and because mm-hmm. what else can you do? He, he knows he can't run. Yeah, uh, and this is his only option is just to accept it. Yeah, no, Liv Schreiber was a great casting, and he did it. You know, it's as far as I'm concerned. That's all I ever cared Sabretooth to be. They great, just did a good job with great it. Great casting for Sabretooth, just a bad Sabretooth movie. Yeah, absolutely. And poor Dominic Moynihan. Remember when we were uh, watching the carnival sequences? Some people in the movie are playing a carnival game where they're literally just putting objects in a clown's mouth. 
Yeah. Do you remember this? It wasn't even like they're shooting water in there to pop a balloon. It was like they're just standing at the game counter, just like picking up a baseball and putting it in a mouth of a clown. It was like that's all you could come up with as for like background actors. It's because the water was probably turned Yeah, because, you, know, car- you know, carnival games are all copywritten. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> they're probably owned, actually, but they could have come up with something better than that. <laughs> shit, shit. But My yeah, Gambit, team. another wasted character. Just yeah. a long line of just. Just Shit. introduced, kind of put in the motions again, going through the motions of that. They didn't even give him his Creole accent. Yeah, it's just like, oh, by the way, I know a guy who can help you. Some some mutant you may have heard of, Gambit. Like that. That's basically how <laughs> I felt as the audience. Yeah. It is. It is. It's Wink. literally hoping that that's enough for the audience. And most of the morons out there, it is. So, <laughs> do you remember when they're fighting? When Gambit and Wolverine are fighting in the alley. And Wolverine standing underneath the fire escape, and Gambit sh- like throws the ladder down at him, and he just starts knocking the ladder out chunk by oh, chunk yeah, with yeah. his claws, and it's like the worst she- CGI piece of shit I've ever seen. Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, plus why didn't Wolverine just step out of the way? Form, yeah, it's just a ladder. Yeah, it's more fun to chop it up. But I mean, this is easily the worst representation of Wolverine in any movie, as far as like him being cool or badass, like. The whole thing with like his CG claws in the bathroom is a nightmare. Yeah, so this is my I honestly the standout moment of the movie is him going to the old folks barn, yeah. finding like you could wear my son's clothes. You know, like his son's been obviously gone for a while. Oh well, this part's They're actually amazing. Kind. No, yeah. this part I'm I'm standout. It's yeah, standout okay, for yeah. me. Why I remember the movie and what I remembered most, and I couldn't wait to watch <laughs> the old people being kind moment where they just get butchered they literally yeah, the old get, lady getting gunned down getting is one of my favorite down moments. holding like a fucking sandwich like it was tea. awesome it was tea was even better after they bestowed upon him uh, a, ja- a jacket very a, a motorcycle, motorcycle. Yeah. like they're very nice they're just old people i mean essentially just calling him son after a moment of him running naked into their <laughs> barn <laughs> they're like you're you're a son now we and blame then they you literally get blown up you know what Shot they, and blown up. you know what though they, they, they were nazis in hiding yeah so I it, think was, probably it was nazis. okay it was it was it had to happen there was something they were they were just gonna murder they're, him they were cannibals him. they're gonna eat him. They're, they're, oh, you know what they're the old couple of that creepy couple from Running Scared. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they've they've exactly had a lifetime. True. Wait, what was the deal, though? Why is it that he accidentally derps his way through their house and fucks up their sink and stuff? He, he, he escapes from Weapon X and like just goes on a, a running and like ends up in her barn. Okay, right, so it's directly it after he's still... been given his powers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no. It's it's the, the hit club like coming after him, so he runs. Yeah. Yeah, Maverick, the Asian guy. Yeah, yeah. Who in the comics is like he's got gold armor and he can't even tell what race he is because his eyes are covered and everything. But like, uh, he he's he's sent after with Stryker sends him in a helicopter to take care of Wolverine. He's like, well, he got out. We gotta kill him. Yeah. And so first thing he does is he just mows down these old people. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think I got him. Asking for I think it, I got him. No wait. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's awesome actually is what happens after this is great. The motorcycle like, versus the helicopter versus helicopter. That's actually like really awesome. I really it's like definitely that. a fist pump in like the dumbest kind yeah, of way. It's just but... woo! All right, let's do this. Yeah, walking away from explosions. Yeah. using his claws to like pivot the bike. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Just ridiculous. But the shot of him being launched towards the helicopter Rad. actually looks kind of cool. Only really good. Yeah. You know, it's 
with the CG effects actually in there, I'm sure it holds up better than the leak. I never got to see the actual leaked movie with all the like temporary effects that people railed on so hard. That's how I watched it originally. Originally. There's not much to say about this movie. I mean, it ends with Deadpool fight and Saber 2 comes around, which is stupid. Yeah, him and Saber 2 is kind yeah. of back-to-back take on uh, um, Deadpool and, yeah, and, and the, cause Three Mile Island. The but, twist of his love interest yeah, actually Lynn working yeah. for Stryker. Oh, yeah. You know, that that was a big thing. In order to, what, is to protect her sister. Her sister yeah. was kidnapped yeah. with her kid and... Blah, blah, blah. Who we like discover a, is the White Queen, right? Yes, yes eventually. The White so Queen she, is Jane in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Cyclops is in there, but he's like blindfolded, so he never actually sees Wolverine, which is why he doesn't recognize him later. Yeah. And then also, uh, they do show William Stryker's son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, they absolutely do. Who actually, I forgot to mention earlier, is he's basically kind of mastermind from, oh, the, really? the, from the comics. Like, he's a character named Mastermind that they just kind of went, Ew. He's like a mix between the two characters, Mastermind and Legion, and they kind of put him in one character and made him Stryker's son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, and I actually don't even, I mean, literally the whole conflict is Weapon X or, like, the team coming after him, right? But what is Stryker's plan in this movie? Well, he, uh, well, he has the forget everything gun, and he has to shoot him in the face with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the forget for, bullet. <laughs> forget, forget you saw me. Here's a bullet. <laughs> it's like it's like Arrested Development. <laughs> it's a forget me now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what is his ultimate goal? I don't even remember. I well, wasn't he, even paying he, attention he's collecting, to the plot of this movie. He, he was collecting the mutants for Deadpool, like giving. Yeah, they wanted to steal their powers. Yeah, he, he, right. He, so he he got like all his like. You know, the as individuals, these were all his top men mm-hmm. and could get any job done. So it would stand to reason if he had all of them in one person, you uh, could get any job done. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, they were. So all... the best test was Deadpool. Yeah. And basically, this movie presupposes that Deadpool is the cause of Three, Three Mile, Mile Island. Yeah. yeah, that's where their top secret facility was. <laughs> Classic. Oh Classic. And they cut off his head, and as it's falling down, it just takes out the whole silo. Yeah. It's blasting lasers. Yeah, and a terrible CG green screen and, fight. And, and and makes no sense with the history of Three Mile Island. Yeah. Because, like, literally, like, it was just Three Mile Island was literally just, like, something bad might be happening in there, and a couple days later, everything turned out okay. Yeah, everything's um, fine. I always remembered leaving this movie thinking it was super funny that like three mile island like starts collapsing it's destroyed just destroyed and then like within minutes there's like ambulances showing up yeah i'm like where are (laughs) who are these like emts that are just hanging out on like three mile island to come help there's a great moment where wolverine is about to get crushed by one of the big like by one of the sides of the silos coming down yes gambit just jumps up and splits it in half for like a lot of reasons yeah and he just lands and goes okay see ya and just like, <laughs> yeah. like he hasn't nice. been around for like 45 minutes and he's just like okay bye and okay. Then, come, then comes back after the forget yeah, to be like, come on i was like he's like who are you oh uh well i thought we went over that but uh you should come with me <laughs> who's she no one move on from Cole. yeah because striker shoots him with a forget me now bullet yeah isn't Professor X in this? He yeah, he shows it. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. They save the mutants and they're like all comped over a forest and it looks really bad. Yeah. Wait, what? The, like, like the... go ahead. Oh, well, well, when they're making their getaway from, from the lab, they, they run from Three Mile Island into the woods mm-hmm. of, I don't know, somewhere. The woods near, are safe. The woods near Three Mile well, Island. Yeah, the, you know, Three Mile Island is literally like 
tiny. Yeah. But three miles. It's three miles. <laughs> um, yeah, but they run into the woods where Professor X had a helicopter waiting. Like, just so you know. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's, I remember this now. And they're all in yeah. like red suits or something. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, it's like they're all like in a green screen room running through woods because they guess they couldn't get actual woods. Oh, and they have the CG Those logs. Do you remember this? Yeah. Like, and when he's working in the like the lumber as a lumberjack, oh, yeah. they couldn't find fucking logs. You're right. Oh, that was right. crazy. Yes. Like, okay, if anything defines this movie, <laughs> it's that yeah. they couldn't that. find logs in a fucking forest. Hey, man, no trees were hurt in the making of this. Oh, Jesus movie. Christ! Pull your shit together with X Men Origins Wolverine. So that's the end of part one of the X-Men Franchise Podcast. Be sure to check out part two. I'll be posting it in the next few weeks. You can follow us on Twitter at CineMarathonPod. That's CineMarathon, P-O-D. You can check out our information on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CineMarathon. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for other movies, or just generally want to respond to anything we've said on the podcast, feel free to email us at cinemarathon at gmail.com. And all of this information can be found at our website, cinemarathonpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.